In the heart of a city that never sleeps, where dreams are made and shattered, where every corner tells a story, lives the stories left untold and unheard. Here we will uncover the unfiltered, unspoken, and unforgettable. My name is Bria, and welcome to Urban Chronicles Voices of the 20s, because in this city, every voice deserves to be heard. My name is Miyoshi Richardson, and my age is 28, and I'm a SSBF case manager at Jericho Project. I grew up in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. I'm from New York City. Um, I was born in Beth Israel Hospital at the age of three. We moved to Crown Heights, but we were still back and forth in Greenpoint because my grandmother lived over there and we went to school over there and stayed there at times. And I've just been here in Crown Heights ever since I turned 18. No, since I turned 15. And I haven't left yet. So as an adult now, I my expectations of living in New York has changed dramatically as time went on. Um, as a kid, I thought I would be living in my own place by the age of 23 um, with somebody in a whole relationship or whatever. But nope, as time went on, my life is just, it's changing by the minute, but it's... um. It's not what I thought it would be. I thought I'll have my stuff together, but clearly that's not all the way there just yet, but I'm managing and I'm Me navigating relationships and love in New York City, it's kind of crazy. Um, I've only been in three relationships and those relationships were completely different um, but similar in so many ways um, it's pretty hard to find love or navigate love here in New York City so far I'm not saying it's not possible to navigate love here it's just it depends on that person and you on how y'all want to you know, how y'all want your relationship relationship to look like and um, whatnot. But at this moment, from my experience and from my fellow peers, it's pretty tricky out here in New York City. It's not, it's not the best at this moment. As a black woman, it... I don't, here in New York City, I don't think it's hard to find love so far in my opinion, but I will say it's hard to stay in a relationship because as a black woman, we have so much 
that we have to carry on our backs um, with our from careers, family, ourselves and our partner and friends. Um, we're expected to be super strong and I think that's any black woman in the world but we're expected to be super strong and not not like be soft um at times and the black men here in New York City especially there a lot of them are so used to being around strong women strong black women and not enough sh- so for women, it's, a, it's, it's such a tricky. So for me, when it came, when it comes to dating, I've dated seriously three guys and they are all different in so many ways but similar in so many ways. I've dated one who was just, I don't know what to call him. He was just like a regular guy, but like had a bum mentality. The second one was a little hippie. Um, you know, one of them rat packs. Don't wash under their underarms for a few days, but bum mentality. And then the the third one, he was more of a a guy who's working on himself, and also, you know, he had he had some hood tendencies, and um, but he was more of a man, and he treated me completely different from the last two. And he had a slight bum mentality. So for me, they were all different in their own ways, but similar in some ways. And they still did the same shit that majority of men do. And they they still cheated. They still tried to gaslight. They still, you know try to like manipulate in a way and everything um they all was the same some of the challenges that I have encountered while dating I would say communication reciprocation and listening and I will say for me it, it's both ways because I had trouble with listening still do sometimes have trouble communicating still do to this day and reciprocation I'm usually very good in that in that area but not good at receiving it I would say those are the hardest things and setting boundaries that's something I have to unlearn and and relearn and follow through and be more consistent with
I identified them from my second serious relationship um, of how toxic our relationship was. Um, and it wasn't all about like texting that person every day or telling them that I love them or whatnot. Like it was more of like, how can we better respond to each other instead of yelling and and cursing each other out? And um, I will say in my last recent relationship, I've done better with with tackling those challenges by taking each day at a time and expressing myself a lot more. And no matter how nervous I was to tell that person how I felt or what I felt was not right or um, what I would like that person to do for me. Going to therapy helped open my eyes a lot um, on how to communicate better. And um, although, like, it didn't automatically, you know, make big improvements, it was slowly getting there. And even after the relationship ended, I feel like I, I made myself proud at how I have given my all even if it wasn't the best. So what I do for work is I'm a case manager for homeless veterans and their families. Um, I help assist veterans on obtaining housing. Um, well, first obtaining a voucher, which is either City Feps or Hub Badge voucher, um, HPD, Section 8, whatever. Um, and then we link them to a housing specialist that is in our program who puts them on viewings, assist them with applying for for applications for housing and um, supportive housing. We have healthcare navigators that help with medical assistance, glasses, and we also have uh, career counselors that help them and find employment for them to keep their housing stable. Um, and we have a benefit specialist that helps them with benefits like VA benefits or social security, public assistance, and SNAP and stuff like that. Um, for me as a case manager, I carry about up to 25 caseloads and it could be very draining, but it's also fulfilling once you get to that, get the client to where they need to be can't help everybody but I do enjoy it and I do enjoy working with other people in my um on my team because it just instead of it being all put on a case manager we have some sort of support and I I appreciate that and um where I'm at now I I I'm I'm happy where I'm at um I think I'm growing every every time I walk in and out of my office building. Um, I'm learning more every day. So 
I like where I'm at and I, I'm looking forward to growing, to continue to grow and get further into this career. To be honest, it's 50-50. I don't know and I do know how to maintain a balanced work life. One, having a routine and not just always going with the flow um, keeps me steady. Even before work and after work when I come home. Self-care for sure because like not having some sort of self-care have you just running on E and it's not very good. Being organized and knowing when to take breaks. Knowing when to just be like, all right, I need a breather. Like I said, um, dealing with clients, they dump all that they're dealing with on you. And that 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 is heavy on a case manager or anybody. And once you get off the phone with them, once you finish seeing them, sometimes you have to just step away from everything and just take a, a t take a minute for yourself to relieve to process what was just put on you, given to you, and relieve it, and, you know, handle it later, or just, you know, for the moment, step away. And so, and at times I don't know how I'm maintaining a balanced work life, because it could get chaotic, and somehow, some way, I managed to get it back on track, but it, it's hard. For me, it's a 50-50. I feel that living in New York Im impacts me and my goals. First, in a, in a bad way. Um, I'm too... I wouldn't say it's just me, but everybody's too focused on watching other people move faster into their goals or succeeding in getting a car, getting a house, apartment, accomplishing all their accomplishments. And sometimes that affects um, me, I admit it, it affects me sometimes because I'm like, damn, I'm a little behind. My family uh, dynamics look like um, I have a very small family, but still a very large family. But I only deal with the people in my immediate family, which is my mom, my stepdad, my brothers, um, my sister-in-laws, uh, my nieces and nephews, and um, my one of my uncles and I would say my aunt because she's very active in our life. But. So um, I have a relationship with my with my my brothers. Um, I'm the only girl, the last child. I have three older brothers. Me and my oldest is like 17 years apart. Our relationship is like. 
I don't want to say it's non-existing. We're like, because we're 17 years apart, it's like kind of like, what is it to talk about? <laughs> so, like, we talk on surface things mostly um, and more serious levels, but that's pretty much it. Um, my relationship with my other brother, my second brother, we're very close. We talk every day. Um, and he, he's very, me and him are alike in a lot of ways. Um, so that's cool. And my other brother, me and him was extremely close. Unfortunately, he passed away two years ago. But me and him was very close and like I could count on him to like if I if I needed something automatically he'll be there or he'll help out. Um so that um and we didn't get closer until I got into college. He hated me, I hated him at one point. <laughs> um, we fought a lot, but he fought with all of us the most. He was the only one that used to fight us all, but we grew closer as I got to college and into my adulthood. Um, my relationship with my mom, because I live in her household still, we sometimes bump heads, but we're very much alike and different in so many ways. But I love her dearly and she she's crazy, but she passed it down to me, so I'm crazy too. My stepdad, he's cool. Um, he's been in my life since I was like seven. And he, um, he's been there more for me than my own father. I have a non-existent relationship with my dad. I've tried plenty of times and it just hasn't worked out. I have three nieces and three nephews. Um, they're all psychos. And, but they're amazing little kids. My niece is, my oldest niece and I grew up together. We have um, a close, we had a close relationship, but as we got older, it kind of dwindled because um, went separate ways. But when we see each other, we manage, but the other ones, they're all psychos. And I would say it all starts with my grandmother. Um, who I didn't get into earlier. She she was also a rock in our family besides my mom. And with her, our relationship, it was like I was her own daughter, but I was her granddaughter. She she was very diverse. She never believed in like staying in the same place comfortable and stuff like that. She always thought like to expand your horizons and you know, uh, like expand like your mind to other cultures and get a taste out of everything and um because of her my mom had that mindset and it like always kept me open to new things I'm just very not I'm not open to new foods like that that much but I'll get there but it kept me open to some other things I want to travel more I wanna try new foods, but I have to be prepared for that.
for a black woman, a black person, it's a community. I for religion and spirituality community um, base. Um, I'm not committed to any religion or community of any religious sort, but um, I'm not against it. I think it's a these are place uh, groups that you find your your place in life. I would say I define myself more spiritual than religious, only because of my experience with religions. Um, I grew up in a household that wasn't really like big on religion where it was forceful on us at birth. Um, my grandmother used to be a Baptist and turned into a Jehovah Witness due to her experiences. She never forced any of us to be um, baptized into any religion because she believed that we had to find our own homes. Um, but I used to study with her as, a, as her being a Jehovah Witness, and I enjoyed those studies. And then I went to a Baptist church, which I didn't fully get the full experience. I just got like maybe, I only went once. So <laughs> um, I didn't get the full experience. I just knew that it was too damn long and I fell asleep. But I went to Catholic school from middle school and high school and I didn't really like too much of the Catholic church. Kind of creeped me out. And I felt like some people, well, I'm not going to say that just yet, but I went to a different church. I don't know what it's, what that their group is called. Um, the church that's downtown Brooklyn. Um, I went there. I loved the, the fact that like, they had a young adults night and everything like that. They they were really great with the word. Um, I really enjoyed myself, but as soon as I talked to some of the people from the community and I gave them a history uh, of my background with religion, immediately it was like judgment. Like, why did I ever dipped into that? that water or whatever. But with all religion that I've experienced for just a, for a moment, there there's some type of hypocrisy. And it kind of like turned me away a bit. And so I always thought it was okay for me to just, you know, have faith in God and pray and, you know, Leave it at that, but I know it's more to it than than what it what I think it should be or what I what I'm doing at the moment. Um, I do want to join a community where I feel like I'm not gonna feel judged for myself or feel that they are judging others for their beliefs and whatnot. Oh yes, Brooklyn Tabernacle. Yes, them. Um, and I want to just join a, a community that's just very, you know, that's, that's welcoming and not, you know, 
putting pressure on you to be a part of their community and letting you grow into it uh, slowly but surely. So I feel like it was the people within the, the church. Um, I was always very open-minded to these these communities um, and and churches and, and what they had to offer. It was the people within there. And I know not everybody's like that within these places, but it was the people in there. It was like automatically on site, first hands, first hands on like walking in automatically trying to like judge me or make me want to believe in something else. Like I remember when I was 13, I believe, my grandmother took me to the hall for the first time. And my grandmother was, a, uh, she was disfellowship due to her um, actions because she smoked cigarettes still, she still was drinking alcohol and whatnot. She still was able to go to uh, the, the hall and she wanted to take me and I wanted to go because like I said, I enjoyed studying with her and I wanted to experience what it was like. We go and it was cool and she has to announce when she's in the hall that she's this fellowship. Automatically, like it's like she's an abomination. They cannot talk to her and whatnot. And although I knew that that, that was what it was, but I didn't know the way that they acted towards her was how they had to act towards her. It was like they was throwing rocks at her, basically, in my opinion. And I did not like that because deep down, I'm like, you don't know this person and who they really are. But once you hear this fellowship, you want to look at them like they're the devil, like a shame. Not a shame, but like they're like someone that you have to disown out of your family. And I, I did not appreciate that. Um all over freaking cigarettes and alcohol. <laughs> um, and there's people in that this, that those type of spaces that are done way, way, way worse and they are still running the whole shebang and they um, didn't get this fellowship or anything. I remember this lady trying to take me away from my um, my grandmother to show me where the bathroom was. Um, and I told her, no, I'm okay. And my grandmother said that I know where the bathroom is. I can show my granddaughter. The lady was persistent on getting me away from my grandmother like she wanted to kidnap me. But it, it just that, like, pissed me off. I didn't like it. And then, like, watching documentaries about the Jehovah Witness, didn't like it, didn't want to be a part of it. Catholic Church, same thing. I feel like Catholic churches deal with more demons than any other religion, and I'm just, is they kind of scary.
Some of the most challenging things that I face in New York City in my young adulthood so far, housing, looking for housing. Because every time each year came about, especially after the pandemic, rent has been just terrible and made it impossible for anybody to maintain or to to be able to reach to to have something of their own um and even even buying homes apartment or whatever is hard to that's one big challenge and dating dating is another big challenge that that fucking sucks um it just uh New York City is a very big place, but very small at the same time. So a lot of people know each other. And it also, like, just the dating pool just kind of limits anybody that you're interested in or or seeking for somebody that got the same um, morals as you. Some great triumphs um, that I've accomplished in my adulthood. Becoming another college graduate in my family. Um, I've, a lot of people won't say this, but like I've overcome a lot of shit that a lot of people didn't think I would overcome. I battled with a lot of things and when the pressure's being put on me, I tend to, like, make sure shit gets done and completed. Um, life experiences, school experiences, whatever the case may be, um, I've handled things a lot better than I ever expected. I would say those are, are triumphs for me because I'm a very sensitive person and I'm a big crybaby, so a lot of people think, like, because I'm a sensitive person, crybaby, and a good heart, have a good heart, and I'm very kind and genuine, that I'm a punk automatically and I can't handle things. But I can handle a lot of sh a lot of things than expected, and it shocks me at times. I would say becoming a great auntie is cool. I mean, I grew up with three of them and the rest of the other three I've learned how it is to take care of a little one and that is big on my part because I never expected me to be that nurturing person very much to kids because I, I, I don't know I just never knew I could be that nurturing. I celebrate myself after having those wins, to be honest, I don't think I've celebrated myself properly. I've done little things like, oh, buy yourself something or um, go get a facial or massage or take a day off. I don't think I celebrated myself properly in my terms. 
I don't know what celebrating myself really looks like. I can't say I can't answer that. I I feel like I have to dive deeper and look into like what the celebrating me really looks like besides the things of just spending money on something I really want or want to do. What does that what does that really look like for me? So I have to reflect on that because I, that's this question made me think of that completely different. <laughs> I will say another triumph is not giving up on something that I want. I want. Um, normally, I would go with the flow and listen to people and take things like for instance the job that I have now I was laid off for two years and I was told to just take whatever job comes first and I stuck with my gut and did not take anything that came my way I wanted to stick to something that I was passionate about and when I finally got it I was extremely proud of myself for being a first-time case manager and overcoming those barriers and be being a quick learner and mastering this job as I do as I did and lastly just um simply 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 like coming to the realization that I can I can love somebody properly without the toxic traits or toxic mess. I can love someone properly and try to try to communicate with them and listening to them and I know I can do those things where I didn't think I could without being toxic. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the experiences, feelings, and dynamics of those navigating their 20s in the heartbeat of the city, New York City. I want to express gratitude to the incredible guests who fearlessly shared their stories. Your voices echo in the canons of the city, leaving an indelible mark on our listeners. Until next time, remember that your story is a part of the Urban Chronicles too. Embrace the journey, face the challenges, and let your voice be heard. This is Bria signing off. <laughs>